Thanks, Corey. Um, you know what's what's really? Can we put that panel up from that the last song? Uh, You're worthy of it all, where it talks about from you and to you and everything are all things. Can we get that up? Hey, that's that's quick. Great electronic staff. Um, you know when you get a download from heaven. Uh, that binary interaction between you and the Lord um, is so long and complex. The biggest challenge is trying to figure out how to communicate that to someone in a fashion that makes any sense to them at all. Because when the Lord begins to pour into us by His Holy Spirit, our spirits respond back to Him in this... uh, relationship in this communication in a way that just is difficult to verbalize at least for me it's hard for me to talk about it you know because that that it is so intimate and it is so profound and so deep and the uh, prophetic anointing that was in the room here this morning was just did you sense it popping I mean it's just like it you go my God, you're good. And, you know, people were coming over and they, I was sitting there in my chair and I was thinking about talking about this or that or the other and people's coming over. So they start prophesying exactly about what I was thinking about at that moment. It, I'm going to wind up being a believer before this is over. How many of you had a communication with God Almighty this morning? I want to see your hand. How many of you felt like that you were in direct communion with God Almighty and that He was speaking to your heart and you were communicating your love back to Him and there was this divine interchange going on in here? God, I love that stuff. That's that's what it's about, isn't it? Do you know the world mocks you about it? They bring in the cameras and film us in here doing what we love to do. That communication with God Almighty, that interchange between the temporal and the divine going on, and it's so wonderful. And it's so life-changing and inspiring. And yet when it's viewed from a critical mocking eye of carnal men, it is a source of mockery. They mock us for the most precious thing to us, our relationship with the Lord God, almighty, omnipotent, omnipresent, loving, wonderful daddy we've ever can imagine. God. I just want to know if you're one of those things. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. He deserves the glory. Are you one of those things? It says in in 1 Corinthians, I ain't got this listed back there, but I'll just read it to you. You'll have to trust me. It says, God has chosen the foolish things. Are you ready to look foolish to the world? God's chosen the foolish things. Are you one of those things? 
to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things. Are you one of those things? Are you one of those weak ones that God has to prop up and that He has to endue with power from on high? Are you one of those weak things? I'm one of those weak things, brother. I need some divine intervention in my life. I'm well aware of it. I'm one of those things. To put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. We live at a crossroads in history today. We live at a crossroads in changing times. Where these things, these weak and foolish vessels that we are housed in are being called upon to reflect the glory of the Almighty God to our generation. We need to be aware of the times in which we live and the purposes that God has intended for us in these days. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, 32, there is a verse found that has been kicked around in prophetic uh, circles. Uh, it, this, this verse has come to great... Back up a verse. We still got to go back to 32. I want 32 instead of 33 there, if you can manage it. First um, Chronicles 12, 32. Of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, their chiefs were 200, and all their brethren were at their command. This scripture has been prayed and prophesied over the body of Christ for at least the past ten years. And I believe the time when we really need it is upon us. There are three elements in the anointing that was on the sons of Issachar that I believe that we need to lay claim to and hold of right now. Understanding the times. Understanding the times. We need to understand what is going on around us from a spiritual perspective and not with carnal, fearful minds. We need not only to understand the times, but we also need to know what to do about it. Because it's one thing to see the onslaught of mockery against the things of the Lord in our generation. It's another thing to have the wisdom to know how to respond to that mockery. If we take up carnal weaponry against carnal attacks, we have not succeeded in our calling. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are spiritual to the pulling down of these strongholds of darkness that are at work in our society today. And the third thing here is, this is understanding. I heard it once say that the greatest miracle in the Old Testament 
was not the parting of the Red Sea, but getting three million Jews to walk in the same direction at the same time. I think there may be some validity in that. I mean, we can't, hey, can you imagine what kind of changes we could affect in society today if we could get three million born-again, spirit-powered Christians totally unified in purpose and in heart, marching in step together. Going down to verse 33, I didn't plan on going here, and it's going to be hard for me to get ready. But Of Zebulun were 50,000 who went out to battle expert in war with all weapons of war. Stout-hearted men who could keep ranks. Anybody who's ever been in a group fight knows that one of the most difficult things to do in the heat of battle is not to cut and run, but to hold your ground together. Stout-hearted men, that's what we need, stout-hearted men and women with understanding that won't break ranks when the going gets tough. There's um, several places in Proverbs that it talks about, um, and in Leviticus it also mentions it, that cursed be the man who moves the ancient markers. I mean, can you imagine how you feel one day you see the your neighbor out in the yard and he's pulling up the surveyor stake on the corner of your lot? And he takes three giant steps over towards your house and puts the surveyor marker back down in the ground. You wouldn't think well of your neighbor if he did that. This morning I was reminded of the reason that there is a Mooresville here. Now, one of the first farms that was ever established in this area was down in Mount Morn. And Mount Morn is not mournful. It's named after a mountain range in Scotland, by the way. And the guy who had the farm was from Scotland. And there was a huge, big, natural open well. He didn't even have to dig a well. There was a well that was already flowing with water. And then within the next hundred years, people started noticing how great the water was in that well. And they even built resorts. People came from all over to bathe in the healing waters at Mount Morn. That was one of the reasons that people started selling, settling in this area. That's part of our heritage. It's time to dig out the old wells. It's time to dig out the divine purposes that God had in His heart for this region when He created the earth. We need to tap into that which He says is our destiny and not allow the world to define what our destiny is. In Luke, uh, the 12th chapter, verses uh, 54 through 56, um, it says, uh, Then He also said to the multitudes, Whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, A shower is coming, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, there'll be hot weather, 
And there is. Hypocrites, you can discern. Now, see, if I said that, you'd get mad at me, but Jesus could say it. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? Do you know this little uh, rule of thumb about weather doesn't work in Argentina? It doesn't. Uh, These little sayings are very specific to the people that Jesus was speaking to. You see, and you would think here, living where you live in North Carolina, the south wind might be hot. And especially in Israel, a south wind blowing across the Sinai Peninsula coming up through there was hot. You know, under Islamic law, if that south wind blows for three days in a row and you beat your wife so bad because you're irritated with her that you kill her, you're not even considered uh, guilty of murder. Because everybody knows that that hot wind will irritate you. And you can only stand so much irritation in your life. That's really true. That was a law. That was a true law. You know, uh, you know that was a bad law. I, could, I, I promise you, I couldn't get away with that over at my house. I wouldn't want to. But in Argentina, a south wind is a cold wind. At our mission base in Resistencia, the heat will build up and the heat will build up and the heat will build up, and all of a sudden, not a cloud in the sky, a wind starts blowing from the south. And it'll pick up the dust and it'll you feel like you're in a sandblaster. And you think, well, batting down the hatches, the rain's coming. You can't see a cloud. But it turns cold, the temperature drops 20 degrees, and the rain is on its way. You see, it's regional. And it's for the time that you're in. One rule doesn't fit all generations. One interpretation of the times doesn't suit all locations. We need the specific word of the Lord for us in this location at this present time. We need to open our hearts for a rhema word of the Lord. And I believe that He wants to speak to us so that we will know how to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in our day, and in our locations. We have got, got, got to learn how to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit, the impressions of that Spirit that comes upon us when we're in worship. We need to pay attention to those things that we get while we're in the midst of worship, church. The Lord's speaking to us. He'll reveal to you the specifics of what and where and how you're supposed to act. You're with me on this, right? Good. Let's see how long you stay. All right. I'm talking about spiritual stuff. I'm not talking about carnal stuff. I'm just reminding you of that. It's important that we understand that Mooresville was in the national news this week. We made the national news this week. I took an excerpt from an article in the newspaper about what happened 
in Mooresville that attracted national attention this week. Quote from the Charlotte Observer. It is a violation of the Constitution for the Mooresville High School football coach to organize, lead, or participate in prayers or other religious proselyting before, during, or after games and practices. Patrick Elliott, staff attorney of the Wisconsin-based nonprofit organization Freedom from Religion, Elliott wrote. Elliott on Thursday emailed the Observer a copy of his letter and a picture from the Twitter account of the Mooresville High School Blue Devils football team that according to the Freedom From Religion Foundation shows Caps, the football coach, at a team, team, baptism. You see how the slight twisting of details makes something appear to be wrong that wasn't. Superintendent Mark Edwards said Thursday that he met with Caps after the football season and ordered him not to lead students in prayers and baptisms. Edwards said he told Caps, a teacher or coach who leads students in prayer, is violating the constitutional separation of church and state. He said he understood. We need understanding. We need some understanding. When they were dedicating the first schools here in the town of Mooresville, they dedicated their seed corn, the children, to the Lord. Isn't that right? Mr. and Mrs. Moore, that the town was named after your progenitors. He said he understood. Edwards said the baptism in the Twitter photo happened at the Charles Mack Citizen Center in downtown Mooresville and wasn't a team baptism. A church that some of the players belonged to held the baptism, Edwards said, and those players invited Coach Caps to be there with them. He is a very proud Christian. Just last night, we were talking about a generation. And you guys have a burden to reach a generation of fatherless young men. And I pray to God that every dream you've had about reaching that generation comes to pass. Because we desperately need fathers. We got a lot of teachers. We got a lot of preachers. There are a dime a dozen. But people who will invest their lives and be father to young men so much so that they, when they decide they want to get baptized in the church, they want coach to come with them. Come on, coach, come down. I'm going to get baptized. But the twisted nature of the carnal minds of men want to eradicate that type of godly 
fatherly influence off of an entire generation. Now, Coach Caps has not been proselyting. He's not been out there trying to, you know, convert people. and all. But he's, come on. There was a young Jewish man born in Duluth, Minnesota in 1941 named Robert Allen Zimmerman. And he wrote the lyrics to a prophetic song back in the 60s. Some of you may know this guy as Bob Dylan. He started out just a little skinny Jewish kid. He said this. Listen. Because the, the, the times there are changing. This is what a secular guy secular poet songwriter could see and sense and feel back in the 60s do you remember the changes that were going on in the 60s i do i remember some of the changes that were going on in the 60s that were wonderful and necessary i was in a civil rights march in atlanta georgia going down peachtree street my feet wound up on national tv not my face but my feet I was one of those barefoot hippie tag-along guys to all of that, you know? And I was, if when you're marching down the street of Atlanta, Georgia, barefooted in July, there's something wrong with your thinking process. Well, that was me. But they did get the Catholic priest and nun who knelt down, they cut up their protest signs. And they wrapped my feet in cardboard. And that little scene of them wrapping my feet up in cardboard in the middle of a march with Rap Brown, and I don't remember who else was in that march, you know, but, but we were out there and we were protesting what was wrong. Because there were some things wrong in America that need to be righted. But there was also, obviously, I was... Uh, uh, Stoned out of my mind to be walking down Peachtree Street in July, barefooted. You know what I'm saying? Not all of it was good. I got caught up in it by accident, but I was for it. You see... The changes that are going to happen within the next few years are going to be so radical and so wide and so deep and so broad that you're going to get caught up in it, whether you want to or not. Whether you have understanding or not. Whether you're totally sanctified or not. Because the change is going to come. Some changes are going to come. Come gather around people wherever you roam and admit that the waters around you have grown. And accept that soon you'll be drenched to the bone if your time to you is worth saving. This time, this day is worth saving. Then you better start swimming 
or you'll sink like a stone for the times they are changing. Come riders. Riders. Okay? Man, we need some godly riders. We need some godly riders. Don't hold back. You don't have to preach, but be a godly rider. Come riders and critics who prophesize with your pen and keep your eyes wide. The chance won't come again. And don't speak too soon for the wheels still in spin and there's no telling who that it's naming. For the loser now will be later to win for the times they are a-changing. Come senators, congressmen, please heed the call. Don't stand in the doorway. Don't block up the hall. For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled. There's a battle outside, and it's raging. It'll soon shake your windows and rattle your walls for the times they are changing. We're not going to have the luxury to hold up in our churches much longer. Come mothers and fathers throughout the land and don't criticize what you can't understand. Your sons and your daughters are beyond your command. Your old road is rapidly aging. Please get out of the new one if you can't lend a hand for the times they are changing. The line is drawn. The curse is cast. The slow one now will later be fast as the present now will later be passed. The order is rapidly fading. And the first one now will later be last for the times they are changing. In uh, Haggai, or Haggai is the Southern Baptist preacher I used to hang out with, said, uh, chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Who is left among you? The saw this temple in its former glory. And how do you see it now in comparison with it? Is this not in your eyes as nothing? This was happening, if you'll remember, where this verse is found contextually in the Bible. The children of Israel had been given the promised land. God miraculously brought them out of Egypt. And they went into the land and they were told not to intermingle their faith with the pagan faiths around them. But they were to keep themselves for the Lord God Almighty and that He was to be their only God. But they did not listen. And they adopted the philosophies and the religions and the fertility rites and the twerking of the society in which they lived. And that very fascination 
with the sensuality of the Canaanites brought them into deeper and deeper sin and into greater and greater separation from the Lord their God. And if we participate in our generation in separating ourselves more and more from the holiness that we find in God and trying to see how much like the world we can act in the church to be cool Christians rather than Christians that are totally separated under the Lord God Almighty, then we're going to find ourselves in the same boat. We need to be careful about how we think about the days in which we live. I'm sorry to have to be so blunt, but I've only got about seven more minutes, and it's, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But they were standing there, and God had to take them out to bring them in. God brought Nebuchadnezzar and brought down both the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah and carried them away into captivity for 70 years because they had not found the rest of the year of Jubilee. And I don't have time to explain any of that. It's for ears that, have, that can hear it. They did not enter into the rest of God, but uh, they were taken away for 70 years into captivity. And then when God in His sovereignty restored them back to their land and gave them another opportunity to do it right this time, they got together and they started to build the temple. Now, has anybody in here ever needed a second chance? Mm, I'm telling you, I've needed two or three or four or five. But I believe this. I believe that our God is so great. And I got this from Larry Randolph, but I can prove it to you in the Scriptures if I ever get a chance to talk about this, but I can't do it. I'm just going to have to tell it to you like it is. You know, if if... Only in our God is plan B always an upgrade. And he's got a C, D, E, F, and G, as many as you need. You know, Levi, one of the sons of Jacob, pulled a boneheaded stunt and because he was offended about some, what somebody did to his sister and everything, he killed a bunch of men through deceit. And it nearly cost the whole tribe their skin. Everybody almost died over that stunt. Well, when Jacob was blessing his children, he said to Levi, because all that trouble you made for me, you were a really bad boy, and you almost got us all killed. He says, you won't inherit any land along with your brethren. You're not going to inherit anything in the land. See, plan A was a washout for Levi. Levi wasn't going to get any land in the promised land. But you know what he got instead? He got the Lord. He got the Lord. I said, we're not going to give you any land because all your brothers are going to tithe to you and you're going to minister in the presence of God. And he became the priest class. See, he got the Lord instead of land. I'm telling you, that's a better inheritance. So don't you believe the lies of the enemy. If you've messed up and you had to move on to option B or C or D or E, you can still have the Lord as your rightful inheritance. Come on now, if that don't make you shout, you need to go somewhere else. 
I didn't plan on talking about that. <laughs> Maybe somebody needed it. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. If you've messed up and you've had your hope crushed, it'll make you sick. But the second part of that verse, Proverbs thirteen twelve says, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. When the desire comes, it is a tree of life. What is that desire? We read on down in Haggai. Haggai. That's the way they pronounced it at the Southern Baptist Church where I grew up. Haggai. Verses 5 through 9 says, My spirit remains among you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more in a little while I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord for your nation in your day, in your time. I will shake all nations. Can I get a witness on that? Am I the only one in the room that feels the shaking coming on? I think a shaking's coming on. But listen to this. I will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I'll fill this temple with glory. You are the temple of the living God. One of the things that happened during the Babylonian captivity was the, was the founding of the synagogues amongst the Jews. See, prior to the Babylonian captivity, everybody had to go down to the temple. It was the only place where real worship, full-fledged, full-service worship was permitted. One location. But during the dispersion in Babylonia, the synagogues, anywhere you could get ten people together, they could get together and worship God. You know, and, and so there is this thing that's coming. There is this thing that's coming where Christian churches are falling into disfavor in our nation. Christianity as a whole is falling into disfavor in the philosophy of our current age when we are just about the only people that you can openly mock. We're the only people that the freedom from religion's taking lawsuits out against. Let them go over and try and do that in a school in, in, in uh, Qatar or Saudi Arabia or somewhere. See if they can get them to quit teaching religion in their schools. That wouldn't last a long time. But the, desire, but, but the glory is going to come upon individuals. As a corporate body, man, I love this church. I love this church. But we are being called in this generation to be filled with God's glory and take it out into the street. It is a wonderful thing. I, I didn't know whether to mention the well thing or not until Rhonda came over and prophesied to me about opening up the wells. 
You know, it was a confirmation. I love it when we get a word of knowledge and we don't really understand all of its implications, but we respond to that, that, that testimony of the Holy Spirit working in us. And it's wonderful. I'm all for having words of knowledge and words of wisdom and prophecy in the church. But I'm telling you, the little girl with all the piercings and the, the, the gothic look at the drive-up window at Wendy's who tried to commit suicide last night needs a word from the Lord that God loves her. We need to be so attuned with the Holy Spirit that we can see two little girls with piercings in a pizzeria in New York City and tell them about Jesus and pray for them on the street like our brother told us about last night. That's where we need it. We need the glory of God in these individual vessels so that we can go out and redeem the lost because they are being assaulted with the mockery of our faith. Everywhere, that sweet tenderness that we experienced with the Lord this morning in worship is being mocked and downplayed in our generation. And the only way that the people who are listening to those broadcasts are ever going to see a difference is if you and I can get so filled with the Holy Spirit, we can take what we sing about in church out in the street. It's that time. It's that time. It is our day. You have been created with a purpose. You have been given the heritage in Christ Jesus that you have for a purpose. But God has chosen the foolish things. Are you one of those things? God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him... You are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. There is a wave of glory coming, and it's coming upon you, and it wants to burst forth from you. As rivers of living water from the innermost parts of your being. What a wonderful time to be alive. What a wonderful day to be servants of the King. You know, when Jesus sent those water pots to be filled up by the servants at the wedding feast, and they poured in water and and God knows He's poured a lot of water into me. And, but He made it transformed into wine. And it says when they took it to the master of ceremonies, He didn't know where the water came from, but the servants did. You see? You know that we've been transformed by the miraculous power of Jesus Christ. The world can't really see it. But you know 
inside of your being the life that you have. And you are called in this day and in this time to go forth for the glory of God. I was greatly encouraged last night at the little missions meeting to see so many people who were just sold out, ready to go. Let me go. Let me at it. I want to take the glory of God to the streets. What a wonderful time to be alive when the Lord can take things like us, foolish things, despised things, and send us out for His glory. Amen? Isn't that good? I like that. I like that. Hold on, hold up, Jim. Just stay up here for a minute. Why don't you just extend your hand and let's just, he just poured out rivers and rivers. Father, we just thank you for Jim. We just honor you. We honor you, Jim. We thank you for the word of the Lord that you brought. And we just receive you as a mighty man of God. Father, just release your grace and your energy into him, Lord God. Your power and your comfort over him and his family, Father. And we just thank you for him. We thank you for his life. And we all say it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father, for that word. You know, so um, if can we have the ministry team come up here so we can release some of that glory, man? You know, let's just have the ministry team come up here so we can, we can start releasing some of that. Glory. So if you need some of that, you want some to lay hands on you and get that anointing of uh, the sons of Issachar, you know, come up here and receive some because that's a really important anointing to have in this time period. I can say that. I've had dreams to confirm that, you know. So, um, you know, for the rest of you, you know, I'm just going to pray over you so that you can go. And, uh, and the Lord might bless you. So, Father, I just thank you for every soul that came. And I just release your grace, your blessing, Lord God, your joy and your love, Father, into each one of these people that came tonight. I mean, today, just to receive your goodness, Father. Keep them safe and let your blood cover them, Jesus. And we all say it. Amen. So, if you want some prayer, come up. If not, be released. Enjoy the Super Bowl. You know, go the Seahawks.